Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's going pretty good, Keith. How about yourself? (sighs) You know, I've had that damn Taylor Swift, I Can See You song stuck in my head for about the past few days. (laughs) Probably. I blame you. I was going to say, you can blame our podcast last week. You know, before we get into the show, I want to say... Uh, something popped up onto my social media algorithm where some Swifty screen capped the end of the I Can See You video where the getaway van that all of them are driving away in mm-hmm. goes onto a bridge. And the top of the bridge, there's a sign that says 1989TV. Oh, Therefore, the next re-recorded album is clearly 1989 we've all been waiting i'm ready that's the one i've been waiting for i've been waiting for the christmas album (laughs) that's right well you put it out in the ether we'll see what happens (laughs) taylor why aren't you listening (laughs) someone at 13 why don't okay well we'll move on as always the billboard pop shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on billboard's weekly charts in addition You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Taylor Swift mounts a takeover on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, led by her latest number one, Speak Now, Taylor's version which not only marks her 12th number one, but it also pushes her past a legendary singer for the most number ones among women. Plus, Morgan Wallen's Last Night is back at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart for a 14th week. It's inching ever closer to the all-time record of 19 weeks held by Little Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Can Wallen catch up to Little Nas X? Well, we'll chat all about that in just a moment. Also on the show, we're talking about Eminem surprising his hometown fans by dropping in on stage at Ed Sheeran's Detroit concert over the weekend. Plus, Troy Sivan releases new single Rush and a steamy new video to match. And he's also announced his upcoming third studio album. So we'll talk about all that and more in just a second. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, 
visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Alrighty, let us do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Taylor Swift swoops in at number one with her third re-recorded album, Speak Now, Taylor's version. It debuts atop the list with 716,000 equivalent album units, earned in the week ending July 13th, according to Luminate. And of that sum, 507,000 are in traditional album sales. Both numbers represent the biggest week of the year by units or albums sold for any album. And in fact, the last time there was any bigger album was last year when Swift's own Midnight's debuted with 1.58 million units in its first week, of which 1.14 million were in album sales. Speak Now, Taylor's version is Swift's 12th number one, pushing her past Barbara Streisand's 11 number ones for the most leaders among women. Taylor also ties Drake for the third most number ones overall, and the only acts ahead of them both are Jay-Z with 14 number ones and the Beatles with 19 number one albums. Additionally, because the chart stats just don't stop with Taylor, uh, Swift has three more albums in the top 10 this week as Midnight's Lover and Folklore, all of which were number ones, are also at numbers 5, 7, and 10. In turn, Swift becomes the first living act with four concurrent albums in the top 10 since 1966, when Herb Albert did it. Uh, since then, since between Herb and uh, Taylor, the only other artist to have done this was Prince, but that was after he died when he had five albums in the top 10 at the hmm. same time. Next, staying with Swift, but moving over to the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Swift's I Can See You, Taylor's version, From the Vault, <laughs> debuts at number five, starting with 24.7 million streams, 361,000 in airplay audience, and 4,000 sold all in the week ending July 13th. This gives Swift a total of 42 top 10s now on the Hot 100, still the second most of all acts behind Drake's 68 top 10s. There will be a quiz Katie later mm -hmm. asking Katie if she knows all of Drake's 68 top 10 hits. Yep, that's, <laughs> that should take no time. Uh, plus, all 22 songs on Speak Now, Taylor's version, chart on the Hot 100 this week, bringing her career total of Hot 100 entries to a minor 212. Uh, she now surpasses the Glee cast wow. for the second most entries of all time, trailing only Drake, who has 296 That hits. Glee record seemed potentially untoppable, but here Drake and Taylor are. Gleesh me. Uh, one more thing about Taylor on the Hot 100. She actually has three concurrent top tens this week, and they are all from different Swift albums. So I Can See You as number five, while Karma featuring Ice Spice, which is from the Midnight's album, is number 10, and Cruel Summer from the Lover album is number nine. So this is the first time 
a woman has had three concurrent top tens on the Hot 100 from three of their own different albums. The only other time this has happened where an act had three different top tens from three of their own different albums, which is a really unique thing to do because yeah. why would you ever have three different albums in the market at the same time that are actually doing well and generating hits? That just doesn't happen. Right. Except in 2023 because everything is in the upside down world. Mm -hmm. The last time it happened was in an equally weird upside down world in February of 1964 when on the February 29th dated chart, the Beatles had I Want to Hold Your Hand, She Loves You, and Please Please Me at numbers one, two, and six. And those singles were from, at the time, the albums Meet the Beatles, The Beatles' second album, and Introducing the Beatles. Because back then, no one named albums any different than this album is by this artist, and it's their <laughs> second one. Can you imagine if they, I mean, it's kind of like the Peter Gabriel albums. Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel. He had like four albums all named Peter Gabriel. <laughs> the self-titled project. Or Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 1, mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin 2. At least Led they Zeppelin threw some 3. numbers in. I know. At least spice it up a little bit with some <laughs> Roman numerals or something. Um, all right. For all the many, 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 many stats about Taylor Swift on the Billboard charts this week, make sure to visit billboard.com slash chart dash beat. Lastly, Katie, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry this is just droning on and on and <laughs> on, but this is this is now the audience participation portion of the chart section. Okay. So Morgan Wallen's Last Night returns to number one on the Hot 100, bumping Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire down to number three after one week at number one. Last Night has now spent a total of 14 non-consecutive weeks at number one, tying for the fifth most weeks at number one with seven other songs. I will not name them all. So ahead of Wallen now are just four songs, and they are Harry Styles, as it was, 15 weeks at number one, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men with One Sweet Day with 16 weeks at number one, Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee's Despacito featuring Justin Bieber with 16 weeks as well, and the all-time record holder for the most weeks at number one in the history of the Hot 100, Little Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus with 19 weeks. So Katie, do you think Morgan Wallen can catch up to and possibly beat Little Nas X's record on the Hot 100? I'm going to predict... No, but <gasps> I'm going to guess that it does get 16. And I just don't I don't I'm not going to give it the 19. That's that's my prediction. OK, Keith, do, do you, you have any thoughts? What, what what what? Why do you think that? I think that music will ramp up, I'm hoping uh, some new music from some big artists that hopefully will will scoot in. And I think that last night has been around for a long time. Obviously, 14 weeks, not concurrent at number one. 
Uh, not concurrent is the is the key there. I know. Because it's popped in and out of number one, but, and it always goes back. But it still feels like it should be on the point of potentially waning. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to predict not not to 19. It's not going to get 19. That's just... Right. I have zero evidence to put behind that. I feel like anything is now possible. Yeah. To just... I Considering it seems like... Fans of Morgan Wallen apparently stream no other music aside from Morgan <laughs> Wallen. Right. Because I because the the dangerous album, his previous album, has been in the top ten essentially every single week it has come it has been released. Right. And it is still in the top ten. One thing at a time has been number one most of 2023. You know, it feels like. I mean, it's like four months or something. And, you know, even if it drops out of number one, it always stands a great chance of going back to number one. So it just feels like this song, if it can't break the record, it seems like it will probably be in the top 10 forever. Yeah, I mean, I I would not put that past that. But I think and maybe again, I'm being naive or whatever, but like Old Town Road was such a cultural moment. Like my parents knew Old Town Road, like that's how big it got, where it's like cross generational, cross cultural, cross Mm -hmm. everything. And last night, while a steady, reliable country hit and obviously a beloved one among the country listeners, my mom doesn't know that song. I only know that song because of the Hot 100 success. I don't like casually hear it out in my life, but I'm clearly not living the life where Morgan Wallen is played all the time. But I just feel like it's it would be a bummer if it beats 19 because 19, the one that's at 19, Old Town Road, felt like it truly permeated every aspect of pop culture when it had its run. Whereas I would not think that even Morgan Wallen would describe last night as permeating every, you know, part of pop culture. Sure. That's it. And so I just kind of want it to be symbolic. And and to me, Old Town Road is is far more symbolic. To the sort of ubiquitous pop culture-ness moment that oftentimes the number one on the Hot 100 usually reflects say, Miley Cyrus's Flowers mm-hmm. or Old Town Road or a song like As It Was where it feels like everyone and their mom knows like it. Like you've heard it in a grocery store even if you didn't know it. Yeah. Right. It does feel like last night actually still has a lot of room to grow. Right. Because country. of that. It's like, because I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, so, I don't know if it will, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Should we talk about some news? <laughs> like, Yes. I mean, we have been talking about news. Chart news is news. Um, But Eminem and Ed Sheeran continued their musical collaboration on Saturday night in Eminem's hometown of Detroit. The rapper made his first public performance since his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in November, joining the latest stop of Ed Sheeran's Mathematics Tour for a two-song surprise guest spot. So before Eminem hit the stage, Sheeran started a cover of Eminem's number one Hot 100 hit, Lose Yourself. And Eminem that himself popped up mid-song. The crowd freaked out. I was just putting myself in, the, in their shoes. Like if Eminem popped up at a D- Detroit concert, that's like next level hysteria. Um, and he started, he took over the song. And then he also stuck around to do his 2000 hit, Stan, uh, recreating the duet that Ed Sheeran and Eminem had performed at the Rock Hall induction where Sheeran took over Dido's singing parts. 
Um, now, if you did not know already, Eminem and Ed have actually been regular collaborators over the years with Ed guesting on Eminem's song River from his 2017 album Revival and also alongside 50 Cent on Those Kind of Nights from 2020's Music to be Murdered by. And then Eminem appeared on Remember the Name from Sheeran's Number 6 Collaborations Project in 2019. So this isn't like crazy out of the blue, but still a surprise. Um, Still, it's probably the first time the two of them have performed in a concert together. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah. yeah, And I mean, uh, just I'm from Michigan. Eminem is, you know, a big deal everywhere, but he's like an especially big deal in Detroit, obviously. And this was at Ford Field where the Lions play in downtown Detroit. I mean, there's no more Detroit, you know, venue than like right in the heart of the city. Um, where Ed was playing a huge stadium. So this must have just been absolutely epic. And actually, Ed performed a little show at the um, Royal Oak uh, Music Hall the night before a tiny little venue on Friday night. He played like a show. It must have been for, I don't know, not even a couple thousand people before playing Ford Field the next night. So Ed really gifted Detroit with like a lot uh, hmm. Royal Oak is a suburb of Detroit where I lived before I moved to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, if anyone is concerned. Uh, yeah. Oh, so okay. my aunt was there. I kind of wish I was, if I'm being honest, uh, would love to. Uh, I actually watched a video of the uh, Lose Yourself performance uh, that I had posted to TikTok, but I haven't yet watched the stand duet. So I need to partake in that. Uh, you know who else is uh, from Michigan? <laughs> who keith madonna that's true that is yeah, true she, she's uh she's from <laughs> near bay city michigan something like that i believe yeah and she went yeah. to the university of michigan briefly briefly mm-hmm. bob seger's also from detroit the Detroit, oh, detroit area obsessed with bob seger there, there's a, there's a whole cavalcade of amazing musicians we don't need to talk about detroit kid area. rock <laughs> well you brought him up ah, sorry about that um next up Troy Sivan released his brand new song Rush late last week and a steamy music video to match. So let's take a little listen to Rush. Okay, so Rush is the first taste of Savan's upcoming third studio album, Something to Give Each Other, which is set for October 13th. Savan described the album as a celebration of sex, dance, sweat, community, queerness, love, and friendship in a press release. And I think that pretty well describes the music video, too. Keith, let's talk about it. (laughs) Well, it certainly is sexy and steamy, and I'm assuming they're all good friends now oh after God. what may it, or may not have happened on that set. It looked like a very adult summer camp. Like that's, <laughs> That was the vibe I got. <laughs> I described it as sort of a Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you music video gets a 2023 gay upgrade. Yes, that that works. I mean, actually, um, it really did give me like late 90s, early 2000s vibes, probably because of the, you know, group choreography, like in the dance studio. I was studio. surprised by I wasn't expecting the choreo, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like the well, before Troy jo- joins in, there's a group of men who all do like a routine and then Troy jumps in. It's great. I loved the dance moves. I thought it was awesome. The, I loved yeah, the it. Dan- the, the, when the, the four dancers that do that, that there's a specific choreograph. The like linked before. arm dance routine. Yeah. Like it looks like really difficult really complicated and just expertly done yeah and 
that isn't the extent of the choreo because obviously there's there's more choreo that is probably less specifically group choreo right but there's a lot of choreographed dancing in the video and then troy himself joins in for sort of a a reprise of that group number which i was surprised by because i'm I'm not sure if I've seen him do much choreo in general. I don't think I have as an artist. I don't think that's really been his vibe. And then also the casualness of the video, like he's drinking a beer during the whole thing and like, you know, uh, linking arms with one of the dancers and like drinking a beer. They make it look like they're all just hanging out, but then they just fall into this super complicated dance routine. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I love the whole thing. Yeah. Like when when he was like he's there's there's a scene where he's drinking like a bottle of beer and it looks like he's just sort of going wild with these sort of frantic moves with another guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, clearly this, like these two, like him and this, Troy and this other guy are clearly doing a choreographed number where they're linking arms and kind of dancing back and forth with a beer bottle. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Then the camera pans out and then suddenly Troy joins not just that one guy, but three other guys and they're doing this linked arm thing. I'm like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> so that's why it was, I mean, the whole thing, it's um, the video was directed by Gordon Von Steiner, who I Googled him uh, last week. And apparently he's done a lot of sort of fashiony sorts mm. of things. He did a um, a share commercial for I think it was maybe it was Mac. I think it was with Sweetie. Do you remember that? that commercial? Oh, yeah. I remember when Sharon Sweetie did something together. Yeah, it was that um, and some other things as well. Um, and I think last week this director announced that he was. The sort of maybe the creative director for Troy now mm. in general. So I think perhaps a lot of the imagery that we will see from Troy around this album in future music videos might be kind of curated and produced by this photographer. Um, even if um, if if you're like, oh, like the gay thing, it's not me. I'm like, just watch the video. No, I, it's, the, it's a beautiful video. It, it is. is incredibly well done. No, I loved it. And I mean, the song is really great, too, by the way. Like, the I feel really like good, we've, yeah. we've gone all in on this video, but the song is fantastic. And I it felt very familiar to me. I was trying to figure out why. And I realized it's because Troy has been teasing it for like a month because I found this article that we had done in June where Troy posted a TikTok where it was like this like thirst trap TikTok of um, one of the guys from Stray Kids, the K-pop group. And oh. they're like, he's like, where can I find this man or something like that? And of course, all the, you know, stays, which is the Stray Kids fans hopped into his service to let him know exactly who it was like, oh, this beautiful man is in Stray Kids. And it was soundtracked by a teaser for Rush. So oh. I had seen it in that context and heard that song and thought it was a vibe then and was like, oh, what is this song? Oh, it says Troy Sivan Rush. But the song wasn't even out, obviously, yet. The song and video and everything came out last week. So he's been really pumping this up for a minute. Um, And Um, obviously, as you pointed out about the creative director, like he posted when he announced the album, he announced all of the collaborators that are involved in the album that's coming out in October, including a friend of the podcast, Leland. I saw his name. Leland Um, co-wrote Rush. There you go. And. Uh, So clearly this has been a like well-planned rollout of, you know, when everything was going to come and Rush being the first taste of it and, uh, you know, all leading up to the album in October. So we're excited to hear more. Also, I have to say Troy is a friend of the podcast. Very He's true. Been on the show like three or four times at this rate. I've never talked to him. So it's all been you and Jason, I guess. Yeah. Well, like the fr- he was on the show, like I want to say like in 2014 or 15. 
Mm. And I'm fairly confident, I will go out on a limb and say this, that I was probably the first person at Billboard to write about Troy Sivan. Wow. Because um, he was like, just not just, but he was a YouTuber. Right. Um, that, oh, he's like, he, love that I forgot that. And he probably loves that I forgot that too. Yes. I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> but I mean, he was, he was a YouTuber in that sort of Tyler Oakley, Connor Franta kind of, uh, you know, world. Yep. And um, that's how... I, I mean, I've, I vaguely knew of Troy because of his connection to Tyler. Mm. By the way, Tyler is a friend of the podcast. He's been on the show before. <laughs> so I think you um, had Connor Franta on too, didn't you? We did. Yeah. We had Connor Franta, I believe, on the show too, because he had a record label or something, mm -hmm. I believe, at yep. the time. Um, and Tyler's podcast is, is a lot about music. So, and you've, this, you've I definitely talked, talked to, to Tyler. Tyler and yeah. Corey, yes. Um, they still have their podcast, by the oh, way. It's still going. I love that. Um, but I digress. So I think the first story that Billboard did about Troy was in 2014 when EMI Australia announced that Troy had he had signed a deal with EMI Australia. But he had actually signed that deal the previous year in 2013. And they just didn't announce it until the following summer when he made a video announcement. And so I wrote that story. And then he's since been on the show a few times. He hasn't been on the show in a minute. But hey, Troy, if you'd like to come back. I have a feeling he's about to do promo. Hey. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the song goes. Um, it does kind of like it does feel like it has found fans outside of his core demographic um, because you like it. I was going to say, I would say no. myself included, not that I've ever disliked Troy Sivan, but I've not been pulled in to a song and a video like I was with this one um, yeah. to the extent. Yeah. Well, we shall move on to the chart set of the week. Okay, so, Katie, earlier we mentioned the Beatles on the Hot 100 when we were talking about Taylor Swift's assorted achievements, and it got me thinking, I wonder if our listeners and you know how many total number ones on the Hot 100 the individual members of the Beatles have had. Okay. So many people know that the Beatles continue to hold the record for the most number ones on the Hot 100, with 20. Uh, spanning from 1964's I Want to Hold Your Hand through 1970's double-sided number one, The Long and Winding Road, For You Blue. But do you know how many number ones the four members of the Beatles generated on their own? And of course, as a reminder, the four members of the Beatles are Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, John Lennon, and George Harrison. Obviously not in alphabetical order. So Katie... Want to take a wild stab at how many number ones the four individual mem members of the Beatles have generated collectively in total? Well, I don't know. So my guess is going to be six. Remember, you are counting Paul, John, Ringo and George together. What do you mean together? I'm counting the Beatles as well. Is that what no, you're no, saying? No, 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 no. They're individual. <laughs> yeah. I, well, so obviously my number needs to be higher. Yes. Okay, then my new number is going to be 11. Gotta go a little bit higher. My new number is going to be 17. A little bit lower. Lower. Oh, okay. Where are we at? 16, 15? 16. 16. 16. That's so, a lot. I honestly am surprised. So Paul has the most, and this is counting all of his solo stuff, as well as all of his number ones with Wings, his mm -hmm. band from the 70s. So uh, they are, for Paul, his number ones are Uncle Albert 
slash Admiral Halsey, and that was Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney, mm-hmm. his uh, former wife who passed away a number of years ago. Then My Love with Wings, Band on the Run with Wings, Listen to What the Man Said, again with Wings, Silly Love Songs with Wings, With a Little Luck, again with Wings, and coming up live at Glasgow with Wings. Then he has two after that that were not with Wings, but they still were duets. Uh, Ebony Michael and Ivory. Jackson. Oh, sorry. Yes. 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 Ebony and Ivory with uh, Stevie Wonder and Say, Say, Say with Michael Jackson. Then of Ringo, George and John for a bonus. Which of those three has the most number ones? <sighs> George. You're right, actually. Wow. Which I think most people might Would be assume John. By. Yeah. You'd assume John. Yeah. So George's number ones are My Sweet Lord slash Isn't It a Pity, Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, and Got My Mind Set on You, which is probably the song that I best know of George Harrison because it was a hit when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Which is sort of wild that he. And it was, a, it was an MTV video. It was huge. Yeah. Go, go watch the video. And then uh, both John and Ringo each have two number ones. So John's number ones are whatever gets you through the night and parenthetical, just like, and then starting over. Mm-hmm. And then Ringo's number ones are photograph and you're 16. And people would probably guess imagine would be among John Lennon's number ones. They might imagine, you know, woman, was maybe it? instant karma. Isn't that a John Lennon soul? Like stuff like that that you yes. think of? Yeah. I mean, they were they they were hits. They just weren't number one hits. But or again, even it's one of those... uh, Happy Christmas War is over. You'd think that might be a number one. So this is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Still has time. Um, all right. So looking ahead, we could see another Hot 100 entry for the Beatles later this year. In June, Paul McCartney mentioned in an interview that there was new music from the Beatles coming later in the year. And he also mentioned that they used A.I. somehow in the prepping of these recordings. He later clarified, since many fans wondered if the use of AI meant that there would be perhaps fake vocals generated on these tracks, uh, he wrote on his Instagram, quote, can't say too much at this stage, but to be clear, nothing has been artificially or synthetically created. It's all real, and we all play on it. We cleaned up some existing recordings, a process which has gone on for years. So, yeah, and now I the assume... buzzwordy way of describing that is AI. But what it is is probably technology that people have been using in the studio for a long time. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's effectively like things that we couldn't do or things that they were able to do, you know, 20, 30 years ago in a very rudimentary way. Right. Now you you know, it's like, you know, that thing when they talk about like remastering it and, and now it has like we've we've lifted up the trumpets so you can hear them better. I'm hmm. like, yeah, they're just doing that basically. Yeah. But but I'm guessing they probably cleaned up a really dodgy piece of tape that they found that maybe has some amazing vocal on it that exists nowhere else. And so, yeah, I mean, if you can if you can do that, you should. Um, all of this makes me wonder. Is this an individual song? Is it multiple songs? Is it an EP's worth of stuff? Is it a full album? Could the Beatles get their 21st number one on the Hot 100? Well, time will tell. Indeed. Anyway, so there you have it. 
A little bit of trivia about how many number ones the individual members of the Beatles have achieved on the Hot 100, along with my patent and I've gone off the rails to talk about something ad nauseum. <laughs> okay, we've reached the end of our big show. Uh, lots of Taylor, lots of Morgan, lots of Troy, lots of Ed, lots of M, lots of Beatles, Paul, George, Ringo, and John. Any parting words? <laughs> No, I just wish I was randomly in Detroit on Saturday. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What song should we go out on? Uh, great question. I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe one of the solo Beatles hits, perhaps. Let's go out on Got My Mind Set On there You. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. See you guys next time. Bye. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.